Chapter 4 of the Story of John Wesley Told to Boys and Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by JKD76. The Story of John Wesley Told to Boys and Girls by Marianne Curlew. Chapter 4 When Jack was sixteen, he left the Charterhouse School and joined Charlie at Westminster. Here, too, he was so diligent and persevering that when his brother Samuel wrote home to his father, he said, Jack is a brave boy and learning Hebrew as fast as he can. The next year he went to Oxford, where he got on splendidly. He was very witty and lively, and still very fond of talking. But his was not foolish talk, and he always took care to stand up for the right. At first he was much shocked at the drinking and gambling, and wickedness of all sorts that went among the students at the university. But when day after day we witness wrongdoing, gradually we get less and less shocked, and after a time think little about it. This only happens, though, when we get down from our watchtower, and the enemy has a chance to get near us. Jack's temptations to join his fellow students were very great, and I am sorry to say he got off his guard and yielded. For a time he quite disgraced the colors of his regiment, and became a deserter from Christ's army. But it was not for long. He remembered what he had learnt at home, and how his dear mother had prayed for him. He remembered how he had been saved from the burning house, and he felt sure that God had not spared his life for him to grow up a wicked or a worldly man. He found it hard work to be a Christian at the Charterhouse School. Now he found it harder still at Christ College. He loved fun and merry company, and this sometimes led him to seek the society of young men who loved their own pleasure better than anything else. And many times Jack, following their bad example, did things for which he was afterwards very sorry and very much ashamed. I have somewhere read this line of poetry. The boy that loves his mother is every inch a man. And if ever boy loved his mother, Jack did. The memory of her loving holy life was Jack's good angel. And when temptations proved almost too strong for him at Oxford, he wrote and asked her to pray for him, and to pray on every Thursday. For Thursday had been Jackie's day with mother, ever since a little boy he knelt at her knee. And he felt that his mother's prayers on that day could not fail to bring down God's blessing upon him, and give him strength to resist the many evil influences that surrounded his college life. And they did. I told you before, I think, that Jack's parents were not rich. They had never been able to allow him much pocket money. And now at Oxford, when his expenses were greater, he somehow could never manage to make his money last out. I'm afraid he was not always as careful as he might have been. And I'm sorry to say, when he was bent up, which was very often, he did what so many boys and young fellows do, borrowed money. This is always foolish, for, of course, it cannot make things any better, and indeed only makes them worse, because when the allowance comes, the debts have to be paid, and there is little or no money left. However, neither debt nor being short of money troubled Jack at this time. Indeed, he said it was just as well to be poor, for there were so many rogues at Oxford that if you carried anything worth stealing, it was not safe to be out at night. One of his friends was once standing at the door of a coffee-house about seven o'clock in the morning, and happening to look round, in an instant his hat and his wig, they wore wigs in those days, were snatched off his head by a thief, who managed to get clear off with his booty. Jack, writing home about this, said, I am safe from these rogues, for all my belongings would not be worth their stealing. When Jack had been four years at Oxford, and was about twenty-one, his brother Samuel wrote to tell him he had the misfortune to break his leg. He also told him his mother was coming to London, and if he liked, he might go and meet her there. It was a long, long time since Jack had seen his mother, and you may imagine his delight when he got this letter. He wrote back, Dear Brother Samuel, 
I am sorry for your misfortune, though glad to hear you are getting better. Have you heard of the Dutch sailor who, having broken one of his legs by a fall from the mast, thanked God he had not broken his neck? I expect you are feeling thankful that you did not break both legs. I cried for joy at the last part of your letter. The two things I most wished for, of almost anything in the world, were to see my mother and Westminster again. But I have been so often disappointed when I have set my heart on some great pleasure, that I will never again be sure of anything before it comes. Your affectionate brother, Jack. Poor Jack. It was well he did not anticipate this treat too much, for when the time came he hadn't enough money to take him to London, and as he was already in debt he could not borrow any more. It was a bitter disappointment, but when his mother got back home again, after her visit to London, she wrote one of her bright, loving, encouraging letters, which did something towards comforting the heart of his mother's boy. This was the letter. Dear Jack, I am uneasy because I have not heard from you. Don't just write letter for letter, but let me hear from you often, and tell me if you are well, and how much you are still in debt. Dear Jack, don't be discouraged. Do your duty. Keep close to your studies, and hope for better days. Perhaps we may be able to send you a few pounds before the end of the year. Dear Jackie, I pray Almighty God to bless thee. Your mother, Susanna Wesley. When boys get to be fourteen or sixteen, they begin to think and wonder what they will be when they are men. Very little boys generally mean to be either cab drivers or engine drivers, and I did hear of one who meant to have a wild beast show when he grew up. Jack reached the age of twenty-one and had not decided what he would be. At last the time came when he must make up his mind. After thinking about it very seriously, he thought he would like to be a minister like his father. So he wrote home and told him his decision. His father, who had been ill and was unable to use his right hand properly, wrote to him that he must be quite sure that God had called him to this work before he undertook it. At present, he said, I think you are too young. Then, referring to his illness, he said, You see that time has shaken me by the hand, and death is but a little behind him. My eyes and heart are almost all I have left, and I bless God for them. Mrs. Wesley was very glad when she heard that her boy wished to be a minister. God Almighty direct and bless you, she wrote to him. A few months afterwards, Jack's father wrote and told him that he had changed his mind about his being too young, and that he would like him to take orders, that is, to become a minister the following summer. But in the first place, he said, If you love yourself or me, pray very earnestly about it. To choose to be Christ's minister, a preacher of the gospel, Mr. Wesley knew that he was a very solemn and responsible choice, and he wished Jack to think very seriously and to pray very earnestly before he took the important step. End of chapter 4. Recording by J. Kitty 76.